can you sing the Forrest Gump feather theme, please? Wait, that's driving Miss Daisy. <laughs> no, that's, that's Rush. Just catch that feather. Chocolates. Welcome to Your Inner Child is an Idiot. This is the podcast where we look back on things from our childhood and see if they're any good. My name's DJ. I'm Damon. This is old Damon McGillicuddy over here. <laughs> old Damon giving notes in the middle of the podcast. How you doing, Dapes? Uh, thank you for asking. I'm great, aside from a growth in my femur bone that I'm having to get an MRI on on Friday. Is this the spur? Antler is the preferred term by no one but me. Okay. Today we're watching Forest. Gump, 1994's Robert Zemeckis's, Tom Hanks's, Robin Wright Penn's, and Mikhail Williamson's, Mikhail T. Williamson's, friend of the podcast. (laughs) Come on in, Mikhail. No, he's shy. He's shy. And Um, also not here. Two factors. This, I'm realizing, um, is one of those movies that was, you know, we were 12-ish when this came out. This movie was enormous. Like, yeah, everyone was quoting it. It was like, I don't did it win the Oscar or it was up for Oscars? I mean, he won the Oscar. I can't remember yeah. if it won Best Picture or not, but, but it he was won like Best Actor. It was one of those like everybody loved it in general, and yeah. it was like a huge movie that year. Probably the biggest movie of the year, one of them at least. What year is this? Ninety four. But it was ninety four. So I'm realizing that now there are people who are like, "What is this?" And that's what I'm interested in talking about because it's like, it's so weird. And that's just a part of getting old is that like some people are just young and haven't seen it, but there are also people who just kind of missed it. Yeah. Um, but also the younger people sort of, um, they don't understand the connection to like the boomer ness of it all. It's very like, boomer. Yeah. Cause like, we, you know, our parents are, are baby boomers. So, and so we're like very aware of that whole, like, Oh, lived through Vietnam and some of us served, some of us didn't, you know? And then, uh, some of us, you're just throwing yourself in the, no, no, no. I'm talking about the boomers. Oh, you're doing your character. Barry boomer. Barry boomer. Yeah. <laughs> Barry, <laughs> Barry he keeps telling me, why don't I just, you know, look in the classified ads for a job. What's the problem? <laughs> Barry, I'm shaking my fist at Barry, him. 59 to at. 70 year old boomer. <laughs> That's the classic. Just retire boomer. already, Barry. Just get, get just fucking retire, but um, stop voting. But I please want you to retire, but stop voting. <laughs> what else am I going to do with my time? What a fun character you created. <laughs> I helped destroy the earth. <laughs> and but now I, I'm spitefully pretending there's no problem. But I'll, I'll be, be dead. dead. <laughs> um, what do you think? Do you, do you are you experiencing that as well? Like, yeah, I feel like I didn't see this in theaters, but I saw it. Like, mom and dad rented it one day after yeah. it came to, and it was a weird. It was a weird mix of like Oscar, like prestige drama. It was almost like Awakenings meets Austin Powers in that, mm. like, your parents wanted to see it because it was you know a touching drama about you know. I don't know, some bullshit like the human spirit. <laughs> but like everyone else was quoting it like Austin Powers constantly. Yeah, yeah. It was getting to the point where you just wanted to punch someone in the fucking face. Yeah. And that, and that also is something that's interesting is how much, and most of the quotes were from, it wasn't just from Forrest Gump character, but it, it was mostly from Forrest Gump's character, yeah. which means that people were walking around talking like they had a <sighs> cognitive disability. Uh, and that's uh, not great. No, it's not a good look, but you know who else was talking like a person with a cognitive disability? Everyone. Tom oh, Hanks. Yeah, well, he was he was employed right. to, you know. Um, this was a weird movie because I feel like at least for people about our age, it was also possibly the first Oscar like nominated movie that they might have some investment in winning right, right. like because they probably saw, saw it because their boomer parents were like i think you should come see this yeah and uh you know it was also family friendly it was like a feel-good drama yeah um but there was also this element of like everyone talking like forrest gump but i'm reminded of a friend of mine in college who was like she's like 
my dad loves Blazing Saddles, but he doesn't realize it's making fun of him, right. not black people. And right. I feel there's a little bit of that with Forrest Gump. Not that Forrest Gump is woke, as we would say. Yeah. Um, but there was a weird like tension of like, here's a story about a person with, you know, mental disabilities who, you know, achieved all these things. Um, but there was also a feeling of like everyone kind of just making fun of that guy all right, the time. Right. And even I, if, if memory serves, the movie kind of engages in this. Oh as yeah. Well. Yeah. So there's a weird tension. I'm ready to unpack when we get back. Yeah. And this is, and this is a, a flaw in my thinking, not, not everybody else, but like, uh, it's one that I just, because I liked it and I was a kid when I watched it and I've seen it since, but it's been a long time. Yeah. It's probably been 10 or 15 years. Yeah. Same, me. same for me. But I just kind of assumed everybody liked and we all, but it's realizing that like maybe it wasn't as perfect. I never thought it was a perfect movie or my favorite, right. but I, I really loved it. And I thought everybody did and everybody did at the time or the most of the people, but we also didn't have like the, the critic culture that we do now. And where everyone's got years. a fucking podcast where they feel like their opinions matter and right. they, everyone should listen to them. <laughs> yeah. Like just two people, let's say who two grew up guys. watching this movie. <laughs> let's, let's hear what they have to say. Well, and you're, I, I mean, not to, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but you're the one that sort of got me into going to the AV club and reading about a TV show I just watched and it to and learn how you were wrong and well, you didn't like it. <laughs> well, cause I used to, you know, when you'd read a critic's review of a, a, of a movie in the paper and my dad would always grumble about it. Like they don't know if somebody hates it, then I'll probably like it, which is like, okay, well that guy is not your guy. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that critic is right. maybe not the one to listen to, but, um, I found, you know, for the most part, and it would depend on what it was and who was writing the article. It enriches, you know, your, experience because you're like, Oh, I didn't notice the theme. I'm not good with themes in general. (laughs) Uh, so they're like, Oh, the theme. Okay. It makes sense. And especially with like a series, this is not a series, but, uh, but that didn't exist when this movie came out, at least not in the same way. You know, there was Roger Ebert and stuff like that, but it was, it was more just like a handful of people in newspapers and magazines and a couple of TV shows. But it, it would be interesting to see, like you, you could not get away with this movie now in general because people would be like, well, what the fuck are you? Why is this? It's, it's a little bit of, there's a little bit of like boomer self-importance like built into it. Right. And also a little bit of, well, well, as if, as if Forrest everyone... is also a loaded weird character right. yeah. who seems almost like he's, he's there to show us like us normal people, how, you know, blessed we are, you know, look right. what he achieved with his, you know, with how simple he is. Think about what we could do. I f- if he feels like some sort of like uh, beatific character to yeah. just bestow us, you know, normal, to, to, for lack of a better term, normal, quote unquote, Normies. people. Yeah. How great we are if we would just, you know, stop all the fussing and the feud. And it's just, I don't know. It it feels like one of those. Of course, we liked it when we were kids. We were also 12 year old idiots. Right. You know what else yeah. I liked? Fart jokes when I was a kid. <laughs> I'm still game for a good fart joke. So. Uh, but yeah, so it's one of those movies that I think, I mean, kind of like Green Book now where it's like, yeah, of course it won. It's yeah. it's made to please everyone. When there's there's like, there's something about like the, the baby boomer. The uh, So I'm thinking specifically of a certain demographic like the Fox News generation of being like, it's not just because we've lived this long that this many things happen. There's something special about our generation. Sure. And I think there is in the sense that there's something unique and special about every generation, yeah. but there's still like people are like 60, 70 years old going like these darn kids and like these darn kids are 40. <laughs> right. Exactly. They're like, you know, and we've got our own Forrest Gump shit. It's called stranger things. Yeah. And we're, uh, yeah, exactly. Totally. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're, everybody kind of does this. It's just, mm-hmm. uh, I'll be more aware of critical thoughts about that than I was when I immediately watched it. It's almost the premise of this podcast. Yeah. I think... I think we're on to something. I think we might uh, look into doing that again another 103 <laughs> times. <laughs> All right. So we're going to watch Forrest Gump. As of right now, it's available on Amazon. I thought you were just saying we're going to watch Forrest Gump as of right now. As of right now. End tape. If we don't, we'll come back and we'll talk about a different movie. Should be weird. So when you talk about like not, you're not good with themes... Yeah. When you watched Cars, were you just like, it's about cars. 
Well, they're talking cars. Right, but that wasn't in the title. You were just you were just thought it I was think, just gonna be shots. I think cars. Pixar is um that's not a good example of themes that are difficult to decipher <laughs> because they're at least partially made for children, which means the themes are pretty readily now, that doesn't mean they can't be complex or interesting. Like Pixar is the best example of kind of the best of both worlds made for children, but enjoyable by adults. But when you start getting uh more uh I don't know, heady, I start to be like I just wasn't thinking about that. I was trying to follow the plot and figure out what these characters were. So like you go, you went, when you sat, when you got up from seeing Philadelphia, you were like, I, I didn't learn anything about the neighborhoods of Philadelphia. Right. I feel like, what, where's the best pasta in town? I thought, what's the history of this place? All I got is some gay guy dying. Yeah. I thought we were talking cream cheese, (laughs) cheese steaks and, uh, bells. Missed but opportunity. I didn't, I didn't Zemeckis. see. I didn't see cheesesteak one. I don't think Robert no. Zemeckis did Philadelphia. Jonathan did he? Demi is Philadelphia. Uh, Demi Moore's uh, father. Mm-hmm. Weirdly enough, he was only half of a Jonathan, and she's only half of a Moore. Let's get out of here. So, if you haven't done your Forrest Gump podcast yet. Um, I know that you were talking about uh, people who hadn't seen Forrest Gump or people who didn't really get Forrest Gump, but there is actually a concept I have about Forrest Gump that I think is really interesting, and it is why Forrest Gump appeals so much to Southerners in movies like that. Now, often, Southerners are kind of jaded about the quote-unquote liberal media, and and I think one of the things that has played into that is that in so many movies, TV shows, and in media in general, the South is portrayed as being without nuance. Do you hear anybody with a Southern accent in something, and they're, you know, they're just a dumb hillbilly? Forrest Gump was a movie that had a very intelligent and nuanced portrayal of the South, and you know, remember, this is a black man. Nobody, you know, nobody more than me would be interested in, you know, a portrayal of somebody who I would consider has oppressed my people or whatever. But even I like see it. And Forrest Gump, I think, is beloved because of its, especially in the South, because of its portrayal in the South. You know, of just these are just people who have a twang in their voice. You know, this guy has a twang and he's a doctor. You know, this guy, you know, works at a store. This guy's an old man. This is a single mom who's, you know, who's raising her son, doing whatever it takes to get by, who's obviously very smart and savvy. This guy's a a principal with questionable morals. And they all are from the South. You know, you even have a few people that are actual idiots. But I just think that's a really cool concept, this idea that so often in this, that the South is portrayed as being full of you know, backward, unintelligent people, and Forrest Gump portrays something that is very different. Something's very nuanced, and something is 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 a piece of art to anyone that is born and bred in the South, like myself. Thank you for listening, DJ. Wow, you know, I feel I felt like I was being transported away, like a. Did you feel like a feather? Like a feather on the wind. Like the feather on the wind. <laughs> Wrong. Oh yeah. Faux Southern Gothic movie. We watched Forrest Gump, as I'm sure all of you did at some point, if not just right now. Uh, I'm gonna recap this movie because I feel like I deserve it. I say, why bother when we can just play Weird Al Yankovic's parody of the United States, uh, presidents, of the United States of America's lump oh. titled Gump. He's Gump. He's Gump. He's, he's Gump. in he's something. He might be in bread. I think is one of the things. Oh, no. Well, you know, I mean, That's it was the nineties. Cool. That's not cool. We were all ragging on forest a little bit. Yeah. Not you, Weird Al. Not you. <laughs> <laughs> um, Go ahead. Lay it on me. There's a man named Forrest Gump. <laughs> He's in every single event that happens from 1944 until about 1982. That's he, correct. He loves a woman named Jenny. He goes to Vietnam. Mm-hmm. He becomes a ping pong champion. Teaches Elvis how to dance. Teaches Elvis how to dance. 
he runs across the United States for three years. He starts a phenomenally successful shrimping company called Bubba Gum Shrimp. He gets married to Jenny. He has a kid before that, but still, it doesn't matter. And then Jenny dies. And Forrest Gump. <laughs> and then he sends uh, Forrest Jr. to school. That's, that's the movie. It's a very vignette movie, so there's lots more, but that's... Uh, I didn't I mean, know you knew vignette yeah. Back in Brooklyn? Vin- oh, Vignetti? Oh, Vignetti, yeah. No, I like his pizza. Not the best in town, but it's no, fine. No, you want Vignettis for that. <laughs> uh, yes, it is a very Vignetti movie, uh, yet still 200, you know, some odd minutes long. Yeah. Just keeps on keeping on. Well, you got to get, you had to get all those vignettes in there. There's no reason to cut any of those vignettes. None. I'm going to say vignettes as many times as possible <laughs> between now and the end of the... Was, hey, DJ, what was yeah. your favorite vignette? Uh, my favorite vignette... Uh, honestly, this is going to sound maybe surprising as someone who doesn't really like war movies, but the Vietnam vignette, which is more than a vignette, it was several, it was a chunk yeah. of the movie, was a pretty good little war movie in it, in its own little thing. Right. Um You've got some, you know, comedic narration. You've got some, uh, so it's got a little bit of levity, but then it's got an actually strikingly intense war, like battle scene when Lieutenant Dan gets his legs shot off and uh, when Bubba dies. Yeah, and I noticed during that first scene, before the the worst of that battle scene, when Charlie, um, as they were called, uh, starts firing at our uh, battalion. Um, (laughs) Troop? acting troop um the bullets are literally flying at my face i felt like a 1920s moviegoer trying to jump out of the way of a train headed towards the screen they were uh i had never noticed that before but they literally (laughs) came towards the screen it's a a well-directed little uh yeah scene there he had many a vietnam movie to go on yeah yeah that's true uh i think my favorite was when we find out uh just to start us all off on the right foot that our hero was named after Nathan Bedford Forrest and his mama, whom we're supposed to love so much, chose that. And we get to, just to drive the point home, it's not like a little, uh, oh, we didn't realize, we didn't realize the history of Nathan Bedford Forrest. Like, no, they tell us right out. Like, oh, Nathan Bedford Forrest founded the clan. There is one line. She says, like, it was, he, she named him that to, like, teach a lesson on... Not being, I can't remember what the line is, but it's like it's denigrating to Nathan, Nathan Bedford Forrest. But it's like, is it just like leaving up those? Line. Is it like it sounds a lot like uh, leaving up all those Confederate statues because that's how you learn history? Yeah, it was, it was like, uh, it's not to honor them, that's right. Yeah, you know, all the statue based learning we've been doing in right. public schools. My theory is, and this is just to kind of like make me able to get through the movie without being like, oh. His mother, this loving mother, is a huge racist. <laughs> is my theory is that the father who's who's gone in this movie like chose oh. the name and she just kept it because she's like, well, it's a lesson and you know it'll yeah. make you tough because she's very much like a because the South hates Nathan. If I've learned anything from living in the South, it's <sighs> yeah. that it hates Nathan Bedford Forrest a lot. Yeah, we're in Tennessee. We just had Nathan Bedford Forrest Day. Yeah. Uh, this is a note I never thought I'd write in our show here. Uh, it's just a note here. It's three words. Sally Field fucks. <laughs> I can always that, remember. That's one of the weird things. I, that I wish that it were legal to start a band with that name. Because that is awesome. <laughs> Sally Field would probably be like, yeah, I do. Yeah. I've got several kids. Where the fuck you think they came from? Right. Uh, but I remember this was that was always... I don't want to sound prudish, but it was always one of those things that like stuck out to me as a kid. Yeah. One, probably because, as I said earlier, we rented this movie. So you were watching it. Phyllis and Harry yeah. brought it on home. And like within the first five minutes, we've got this weird like jokey sex scene where Sally Field is sexually harassed, I would say. Yeah. Sort of like put in a pressured situation yeah. in order to get forced into a normal uh not a special education school into a public school. 
uh, the principal says, oh, is there a Mr. Gump? And uh, so she fucks the principal to get Forrest. And it's just... And then... It could have easily yeah. been just like, just cut that out. Well, but then you wouldn't get the laugh line, which is Forrest, <laughs> Forrest like, making sex sounds at the principal. But that saying, also is like a weird... Your mama sure does care about your education. <laughs> it's a weird moment because we never see like that weird... Because it's this weird, almost like mocking... Yeah. Tone that Forrest yeah, took, yeah. which is not a part of Forrest's personality for the rest of the movie. Yeah. So it just seems like a weird place to stick in a sex joke. I don't know. It always like sticks out like yeah. a, it's not, it doesn't ruin the movie. Plenty of other things do that. But it's just <laughs> always like this weird like thing just jutting out. I don't know. Sticking this, out. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm making a weird was, thumb gesture. Was and that it's the principal? Sticking out like a sore thumb. Oh. And that's how they feel over there. This movie gave us Gary Sinise's band, Ugh. the Lieutenant Dan Band. Thanks, movie. That was the first thing you said. <laughs> this movie is responsible for Gary Sinise's band. That is correct. He has a he has a band called the Lieutenant Dan Band, and they go, they play like USO shows and have raised a bunch of money to support veterans and stuff. It's a pretty cool thing, actually. I mean, I'm not sure that it's a good band. But I think uh, it's yeah, a cool. I, I would say, yeah, well, they're doing it for a good cause. But close yeah. your eyes. I've never heard a note. Of the <laughs> Lieutenant Dan Band, and I could tell you exactly what music they play. Something very, uh, you know, Sweet Home Alabama-ish, I feel like. Or it's, it's the Eagles, same. It's Eagles adjacent. Uh, it's the same as Kevin Bacon's band. <laughs> the Bacon Brothers. Sorry, excuse me. Bacon and Bacon. That was the, uh, the cop show that they were in. <laughs> Oh, we should watch that one. Simon and Simon. That'd be a blast from the past. That is a blast from the past. My, you know who loved that? Phil Santopoulos. Dennis Phillips also. Friends forever. We've got to get these two together. <laughs> uh, I did write, yeah, while we're still in the beginning of the movie, I just want to say I, one of my first notes is Southern accent or English royalty? Yeah, so they're, they're in like rural Alabama mm-hmm. and starts in the 50s. And so the accent was very pronounced, but also it's kids doing it. Like, so there's some bad adult accents in this. Some of them are good, you know, decent adult accents. And then there's like <laughs> a bunch of like kids like trying to do this really Southern accent. And like some of them I'm sure are just Southern. And so they do it fine. And then supposedly some the- Tom Hanks based Forrest's voice on the kid who played Forrest. Which is like, Tom, I appreciate that, but I mean, you know he's going to be on screen for like seven minutes. Yeah. Um, mostly it was Jenny when she did, does her prayer. Dear God, make me a bird and make me fly far, far away. I'm like, oh, this could be the crown for all I know. <laughs> We've talked a lot, we talked a lot in the last episode about accents, so I don't want to spend too much time on it. But well, I mean, Forrest's accent is like standard Southern accent with a added asterisk of just like make every word three syllables. Yeah. No matter how long or short it is, everything is three syllables. Yeah. Jenny. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, stop it's, that. It's more like it's it's more than an accent too. It's like the the he has like a lilting yeah, this delivery. Cadence, yeah. 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 Um, they have we have our first like semi subtle like it's this year oh, because uh-huh. the there's the, the 1981 is on some advertisement on the bus as soon as it fills up so present as soon as it pulls up uh, so present day when we start the movie is 1981 because that's when he's sitting at the bench in Savannah waiting for the bus and he's telling his life story basically yeah and uh, later we get a couple more because it's it's weird how how ham handed the like this event is happening now is, but how kind of subtle the like actual years are because right. they also like do a countdown in 1972, which is a pretty standard like new year's. If you're doing a multi-year show, that's a pretty standard way to do it. But like they do that for 1972, but they, the 1981, I was like, oh, that's pretty good. I've never noticed that before. Well, I had never noticed it before. And actually yeah. one of the things that I always, uh, I, I mean, I've only seen this movie a handful of times, but every time I'm like, Oh, right. This isn't all in the past. It's, we're in the middle of it. I always have to remember, like, we jump forward in time as well yeah, from yeah. The, the bus. And so uh, so when we, when I finally saw that, you know, that 1981 advertisement, I'm like, oh, that's the first time I've ever noticed it. Because the whole time I watched the first half of the movie thinking, 
it is the present day or what the movie thinks is the present day. Uh, right. It's not. It's we're still in the past because no one's really styled like it's 1981. No, it's kind of the like it's just like the South right. in the late 20th century. That's all you get. It's humid. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I which is kind of Savannah in their defense. That's kind of Savannah. It's almost like a twist that the movie is then goes forward in time. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like that. That's pretty pretty mm-hmm. interesting. We call that in media race. Where you start in the middle of the oh, story. You're, you're, that's in when like reporters race. like run against each other. <laughs> it's a media race. We get life is like a box of chocolates right out of the gate. Oh, yeah. Just hit him with Very the good stuff. On. Hit him with... Do the hits. I always say. That's what I always scream at movies. I asked some people uh, on on Facebook earlier like what if they had thoughts about this movie just because I was curious. And uh, my friend Benny, who edited one of our podcast episodes... Thank you, uh, Benny. Like immediately calls me. He's like, okay. Let's <laughs> and it turns out uh, we discussed a lot of things, but the main thing he wanted to talk about was that quote. Uh, Life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. The main thing that he he's frustrated about is how is life like <laughs> like a box of chocolates? And so our argument against that we've discussed this is like you do know what you're going to get. There's a fucking grid on the top of the box mm-hmm. tells you, but you know, assuming you've lost that. Sometimes they don't have it, but good ones have it. And sometimes it's fun to, you know, to see what, what happens. Right. Yeah. But he's like, his argument is you're already choosing to eat a chocolate. Oh, Benny. So how free, will. how surprising can it be? Yeah. <laughs> right. I don't never really looked that, that hard into that phrase, but. True. I mean, you could sit there and not eat any chocolates, but what kind of life is that, Benny? Mm. This movie is full of shit like that, though. Uh, <laughs> dumb, dumb quotes fucking from Mama. Ass quotes from Mama. I kind of like "stupid is as stupid does." I mean, it's it, I, that's the one where I I'm can't like, use "What it. does that mean?" It means your your actions are what make you stupid, not being smart or or not smart. <sighs> I guess. I I think I like that one. I I don't like it. Like I would never use it because it's people would be like ah Forrest Gump like it's and they say it so many times in this movie but mm-hmm. as a quote it's like his little mantra like if I don't do stupid things then I'm not stupid because he's he's also very conscious of the fact that he is right cognitively disabled I guess is where what we're gonna I'd like to talk about <laughs> how to refer Forrest to status <laughs> the the IMDb trivia asterisks always. Not the most trustworthy thing. Uh, says he's autistic, which I'm not sure. Well, yeah, any. one mention it mentions at one point that running from troubles, literally running from troubles, can be you know a s- symptom of autism yeah. or something that's seen with. I don't know. I would. Autism. I would feel like I don't know enough about uh, people with mental disabilities. To I also would say this them, movie so. leaves it purposefully vague. Yeah, it's it's not. You're not meant to like go into that much detail and it's the same thing with we we were having an argument about jenny what jenny dies from is it is it aids is it hiv is it hep c or whatever right and the truth is i mean even if zemeckis comes out and says like it was hep c it's like no you don't get to just retroactively say that it's not it's purposefully not in the text because it's like she got a disease you know she lived a risky life it may or may not it probably was from having to do with something from that i would still argue like if she died of AIDS, she died in 1982. She would have been the first, one of the first known cases of AIDS. I mean, AIDS. That. I mean, AIDS. The virus has probably been around. Yeah. But when they first started identifying it as a gay cancer, it was literally 1982. So when she would have died, it just yeah. wouldn't. I'm not saying the movie was like, yeah, AIDS. Right. They. I mean, the movie might have been just like you figure it out. Right. But. She would have been one of the first known cases where doctors would identify there's something wrong with her. And I can't identify this virus. She would have been one of the first cases of AIDS in America. And on top of which, most of the cases of AIDS would have been in San Francisco and New York. And she's in Greenbow, Alabama. As she's in Savannah. Forrest. Uh, no, at that point, she's living with Forrest. No, you're right. She is in Savannah at that yeah, point. She knows she's sick. I'm uh, just saying, like, the timeline is... Kind of fuzzy if she dies of AIDS. Yeah. Dies of AIDS. Well, and it's true of Hep C too, because they didn't really know right. what hepatitis C was until the late eighties. We only had the technology for the B. 
But I mean, that doesn't mean you couldn't die of it. It would, She died of, in the movie, she died of a virus that they couldn't identify. And I would say, I would argue that the movie is implying to an audience of 1994 yeah. that she is dying of AIDS. Right. I'm just saying, like, it's not very good history on the movie. Well, and it's, and it's like, the, the point is, they're like, the point is she got sick and died. Like, right. And it's probably due to her lifestyle in right. the, in the seventh. We've, and also, we've been well documented in this Forrest movie. and Jenny are par- both poorly written characters that serve more as metaphors yes. than actual yeah, people. That's true. Yeah. Uh, well, certainly Jenny. Are we going to talk about that in a second? Certainly Jenny. Of, especially oh, yeah. Jenny. Yeah. Jenny is run roughshod in this movie. Um, and You're fr- going to serve as a warning. Yeah. About yeah. what having fun and being <laughs> comfortable with your body will get you. Uh, I want to point out the first of many things that I have referenced in this movie in my life. Sure, go uh, ahead. Which is one is pointing with your thumb up. So <laughs> he goes, I like your shoes to, to the uh, like a little gun motion. But he like has his thumb up. And uh, I remember we used to do that all the time when I'd point at stuff. You have done that to me, I believe. I just did it. You can't hear it, but it sounds like this. Uh, what else? What else worked into your? Okay, um, let's see. Obviously, seats taken. That's uh, the. Some of these are I'm proud of because I think it's a good line. Some of these I'm not because everybody said them uh-huh. like 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 you said it was like Austin Powers. That uh, seats taken. Run Forest Run. Obviously. <sighs> Um, I believe he said he needs to pee. I, I say that still all the time uh-huh. um, when, <laughs> when I have to be. Um, people call me Forrest Gump. I, I, I didn't ever say that, but that is a thing. My name's Forrest also. Gump. People call me Forrest yeah. Gump. Um, <laughs> he says at one point, anyway, like I was saying, uh, which, <laughs> which I really enjoy. Wait, um, didn't I say I liked one? But now I don't. I don't think that I wrote it down, of course. Somebody get her a harmonica when she's holding a guitar, when Jenny's holding a guitar. <laughs> somebody, somebody get her a harmonica. She tastes like cigarettes. That's the, probably the one that... Tastes like cigarettes. Oh, I don't have to worry about money anymore. One less thing. One less thing. That's what I liked. Cough due to cold. That's good. I, I, um, my mom says that sometimes. He says that when she says she's sick. Do you have Jenny a cough said- due to cold? <laughs> um, I think that's about it. There's a lot more things that people would quote. That's my boat. Mm -hmm. That's a good one. And there's also uh, at least two memes that I could think of um, that have come out of Forrest Gump. One being a very despondent Gary Sinise with very long (laughs) uh, post-Vietnam hair and a scraggly beard. He's at the 1972 uh, New Year's Eve party covered in confetti. He's got a little Happy New Year crown on. He just looks absolutely miserable yeah uh, that's that's a great one and people usually put like me at parties or <laughs> me me during the holiday season uh and uh of course uh forest waving a, for lack of a better term goonily waving yeah when he from, sees the from Lieutenant from Dan. jenny yeah yeah and then jumps from off the jenny boat. the boat not from jenny right <laughs> and then the boat because i don't know if you knew this but um most of the time, he would think of Jenny. Yeah. I wanted to shoot your TV <laughs> every time he said that. I feel like he said some variation on that. That's a $500,000 TV. hundred times. And I would do it nonetheless. <laughs> I would risk the lawsuit to blow a hole in your TV. Most of the time, I would think of Jenny. And sometimes you could see it coming. He's like, sometimes when he's running across the country... Uh, which is my least favorite vignette yes. while we're on the subject. Uh, he's like, I would think of Ma. And I'm like, oh, God. He's <laughs> like, coming. I would sometimes think of Lieutenant Dan. I'm uh-huh. like, yep, here we uh-huh. go. And he's like, sometimes I would think of Bubba. I'm like, uh-huh. oh, okay. Oh, through, okay. Through Bubba yeah. in there. Yeah. He's like, but most of the time I would think of Jenny. And I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> and then there's one of my, the weirdest scenes is uh, he, and it's just like out of nowhere, he's at his home. He walks out on the veranda, as they would say, with a mint julep in their hand. <laughs> um, and he's like, some nights I would think of Jenny. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he looks down at the yard and uh, this spectral vision of Jenny is walking through the yard towards him. And then she disappears. And I'm like, oh, okay, weird. And then the next scene. 
Jenny shows up. I'm like, why'd you fucking do the ghostly Jenny walking through the, the yard? And then just literally not a single scene betwixt them. Yeah. Jenny's walking in through the yard. I'm like, geez, at least give me something of him like taking a dump before before you something fucking else. have Jenny walk up. I mean, I have to defend that just a little you bit. You got two I think hours and 20 minutes. Yeah. I mean, given the runtime of the movie, you don't need that. But it, I think the point was that it's not like she just showed up as soon as he got home and started mowing grass and whatever. Like the point was it took, uh, it took a while. He would, you know, he would envision her coming home to him and she, she didn't. Right. But then she did. I would say either remove it or add something or put something in between. I I agree with that. But yeah, I mean, I think that was the idea, Right. but yeah, it was like kind of weird because it was like, Oh, because oh, because you think she's there, and then you're like, oh, okay, she's not there, and then the movie's like, and, she, and no, she's but there. she's here. But she's sorry, there. yeah, sorry about just a few minutes ago. I don't know what happened. The projector wasn't working, but she's here for real now. I'm the guy who's running <laughs> the, the. I'm doing the most of the editing here on Forrest Gump. Um, one thing I this is the first time I noticed two big things. One, 1981 on the side of the bus. <laughs> Two, uh, Forrest climaxing Ooh, yeah. when he's visiting her. So uh, when they're in college, Jenny goes to an all-girls school uh, and Forrest goes to see her. They're, they He beats up her boyfriend in the rain and then he Was comes inside. Was her boyfriend doing something um, not right or were they just literally? I think, I'm not sure because she does say, ow, you're hurting me. But I think it could have been just like a like he was climbing Standard on top of her. fumbling. Yeah. Sticky fumblings not, in the I, back of cars. It's not clear. But Forrest takes it as he's attacking her, opens right. the door, starts beating the shit out of him. And then, yeah, Forrest is a very violent yeah. man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which, not to say that, like, you know, usually it's in defense of people who are literally physically attacking. Jim. Right. In the, in the first, in the, I mean, later on he... Jenny has a boyfriend who literally beats her and, yeah. and Forrest does fight him. But this was looked like, you know, just some uncomfortable necking or, you yeah. know, what have you in, in a car. And he beat the, sh- his response was to it's beat unclear. the because shit we don't Because we only see it from Forrest's perspective, it's, it's unclear if there is anything. Well, like, I mean, she's also upset with him. She's like, what are you doing? Why do you right. do that? And then yeah. she begs the, the guy she was making out with to, to not go. Yeah. So it seems like. But then, so they go inside and, to dry off and he's... Uh, got like her roommate's bathrobe and then she takes her top off and then he touches her and then he just goes, Oh, and I always thought it was just like him, like getting embarrassed. Right. And but he was getting embarrassed. He was getting embarrassed, but it's because he just all over her. Yeah. Cause he, uh, had, he had, and then he says, and it's, and it's like, I, we, I was like, did he just climax it? And you were like, uh, yeah. And I was like, huh, I never noticed that. And Still- I said, yeah, I only know he climaxed because you, my question was, did he climax? And then you immediately asked. And I knew if we were both asking, he must have climaxed. But there was still like a shred of doubt until I realized that also at the end of that scene, he says, I think I need to get your roommate a new bathrobe. Poor Brenda. She didn't ask for that. She's just yeah. trying to curl and, her hair while she sleeps. And then we, yeah, we like, we pull away to see her with her eyes wide open being like, oh, you just jizzed all over my bathrobe. Gross. And I never realized, I thought she was just like, you know, listening. There's a boy in the room mm-hmm. and he's just embarrassed because. Also, Jenny, rude. Yeah, that is rude. That's gross. But uh, <laughs> definitely more uh, PG-13, more R-rated than I ever realized. Right. Yeah. Let's just, can we just run down a list of people that Forrest Gump meets in his life? Oh, sure. I've got, I've got them. You I've wanna- got Bear Bryant. Head coach of University of Alabama during the time that Forrest would be playing. Yeah. Well, before we, you're going out of order. Well, I know. And okay. then we've got Elvis. Elvis. George Wallace. George Wallace. John F. Kennedy. Mm-hmm. Lyndon Baines Johnson. Yeah. Abby Hoffman. Yeah. I believe Huey Newton. From the Black Panthers. Uh, Dick Cavett. John Lennon. Yeah. Oh. Richard Milhouse Nixon. Yeah. Who else we got? Uh, well... They're not really named, but whoever made the shit happens bumper sticker oh, yeah, and uh-huh. whoever made the have a nice day t-shirt, he's responsible. For Jesus Christ. He also owns Apple stock, thinks it's some sort of fruit company. Oh, right. Uh, shit. Ha- I'm, I'm writing this down as if I need these notes for Bastero. I'm like, <laughs> you said shit happens in the have a nice day. Okay. Come write that down. Uh-huh. That'll go in the archives. Yeah. Please make sure this is filed. Brenda. So Make one sure of the, this is filed. This was a kind of a, I, I've kind of forgot that this was like, I mean, I knew that it was a big spectacle, but I, I kind of forgot what a like 
kind of big budget movie this was. They yeah. they spent a lot of time and effort and money on like inserting Forrest into these videos and like using like Lyndon Johnson old archive Lyndon Johnson videos, but like changing his mouth movements, Whew. which looks really bad in now. And I'm wondering if it like would have been better if they had just like obviously we have more advanced technology now, but like wouldn't it have been better to just like put different words over what he actually said because it looks really bad and it doesn't actually line up even now with yeah and just like his head is obviously jerking to other words that are being said like yeah from the actual words he's saying in the archive footage so his mouth is saying words while his head's jerking around obviously in response to actual words he's saying it's just a mess yeah uh and has a feeling of like watching a real low budget babe knockoff yeah, they got. Uh, I mean, the the best ones are when they use the actual words that the person is speaking. So they use like George Wallace's actual words, but they just insert force into the. And that's not I mean, seamless. I mean, it's better uh-huh. than when they try to like do the mouth movement. But still, like you know, it's at the time we were all like, oh, okay. But I remember it being kind of a big deal. That they did that. No, I remember. I feel like there was a show on A&E or something that I watched as a kid. Like uh, It was like a behind-the-scenes type yeah. thing. And a, a big thing was doing this shit that Forrest Gump did or inserting him in archival footage. Um, and it's always amazing to me, I think, how like savvy we become. Because I remember as a kid being like, wow. Yeah. We're and never going like, to think that's Jesus bad. Jesus Christ, yeah. that looks terrible. Yeah. How does it change? How do we figure it out? I don't know. I guess we just get used to seeing things that are better. I, don't I know. guess. Um, I've been watching. And those, also, I've been like, watching those deep fake videos over and over again. <laughs> so I'm just kind of used Nancy to Nancy Pelosi's that. so drunk. <laughs> and how'd she meet Forrest Gump? <laughs> um, Forrest, yeah, that's a terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> This movie. I assume I was elected at some point. Uh, I don't know uh, why. I'm the president. I'm giving you the Medal of Honor. It's 1965. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I'm Nancy Pelosi. We also get Bubba. Oh yeah, Bubs. Um, he's a pretty charming character. Mostly, his dialogue is listing shrimp. Which, yes, as we know, that's true. Thing. And I couldn't tell if he's. I guess he's also. Got some maybe cognitive disabilities. Yeah. Um, he also seems to, his gums are too big. So he has this he's sort of comical, yeah. like his, his, or underbite almost. Yeah. Um, but his lip also sticks out. Like when your dentist puts cotton in between your gums and your yeah. lips. And so he has this weird sort of facial uniqueness. Bubba comes up with a business plan for a shrimping boat business, yeah. promptly dies so that then Forrest can take up the mantle and, and shrimp yeah. using Bubba's business plan, sans Bubba. Thank you. Movie. Still giving him, his still pen, giving his, his, his mom half, right. half his money. Yeah. Um, don't, don't you dare besmirch Forrest Gump. Yeah, he seems like a great guy who's <laughs> prone to violence. <laughs> um. I don't know. The, Jenny, Bubba, and Forrest are all such infuriating, and I guess Lieutenant Dan to an extent, but I feel like Lieutenant Dan seems like he's framed to be a little bit more of a somewhat realistic character, even though he has his cliched moments. Yeah. Whereas Forrest, Jenny, and Bubba all have like almost iconographic, they're like, they're barely characters. They're there to serve like the purposes of the plot. And like, yeah. I mean, I wrote at one point that Forrest Gump is a theme delivery service. Yeah. Like he literally yeah. like for someone like you who is, has cognitive dis- disabilities on picking up on themes as <laughs> okay. you okay. bravely sp- <laughs> okay. said earlier on, like he's just there to say, here's the theme of the movie right now. Yeah. I wish Jeff wasn't a part of life. When he uh, actually explains like the whole feather analogy, like at the end of the movie, when he's speaking to Jenny's grave, he's like, some of us are like drifting through and some of us have a destiny, but I think maybe it's both. And you're like, oh, that's pretty oh, much just tied that all up in a nice yeah. little bow, didn't you? My mama and Lieutenant Dan, two important figures in my life as authority figures, have two conflicting worldviews. You're doing but the Forrest Gump voice a, a way, lot. <laughs> I think in a way they're both right. Oh, thank you, Forrest. <laughs> Sometimes there's just not enough rock. 
Brooks. That's the other one. I like that one. Uh, I'm not a smart man, but I know what love is. Oh, mm. treacly beyond belief. Which I feel, but you don't. But I'm going to make you feel bad for not feeling it back to me. Wait, what? Mm. Oh, Forrest right. Gump. That's how he's. Yeah, that, that, the whole Jenny, that I think the Jenny thing just leaves a horrible taste in my mouth because she obviously thinks of him as a friend and cares yeah, about him. Right. But there seems to be on both Forrest's end and I feel like on the writer's end of like, right, everyone watching the movie, she should be with Forrest. I'm like, she doesn't have to be with Forrest just because he like stopped someone from beating up on her. Yeah. She doesn't like owe him her allegiance and love forever. It's very much like a, a nice guy movie, which I feel like we encounter so often that I have to give the anti-nice guy movie speech yeah. whenever we're watching these movies. But like, he is not entitled to Jenny's vagina because that he's nice to her and she's got bad track record with men. Yeah. It also falls Well, it's just like the, not focused on her at all. That's the thing. Despite the fact that yeah. like every time we pop in on her story, I'm like, her story seems a lot more interesting than Forrest's story. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, she does. Her story does fall into the, the weird trope of uh, I don't do many drugs. But I have at least done enough to be like, just because you do one drug doesn't mean you've done all drugs. Every yeah. time we popped in on her, she was doing a new drug. Jenny new drug, I call her. Um, by the end, she was like <laughs> hanging out with a guy sh- shooting up. And I'm like, come on, movie. We all smoke weed. Maybe some people have tried cocaine. It doesn't mean they're all like shooting up 10 years later, especially nearing their 40s. And still looking like Robin Wright Penn. That was the disconnect. I'm like, she needs to either look rougher or she needs to be doing cooler drugs. <laughs> More designer <laughs> drugs. Uh, she kind of addresses it a little bit. Like when um, when he, when Forrest saves her from the guy at the Black Panther Party that attacks her, she's like, you can't, or was it this, when she's at the strip club as an attack? Anyway, she's like, you can't keep rescuing me. Yeah. I don't want to be rescued. And the movie's like, she needs to be rescued. Well, and he says, I can't help it. I love you. And you're supposed to be like, and I, and like, you know, looking, trying to look at it from Forrest's perspective, which is obviously the, the point, like the right. perspective of the movie is like, he loves her. He cares about her. He sees her in trouble and he wants to help. But we don't ever, other than that one line where she's like, you don't always need to rescue me you know where the movie's basically like yeah 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 obviously he does right and she comes around eventually her arc is realizing that he needs to rescue her right and but we never really get truly get to sense her perspective of like dude i love you as like a brother right i don't have these romantic feelings are not reciprocated reciprocated so, except sometimes when she's except like, sometimes hey, when they I'm are, I'm just going to take off my bra and you can touch my breast. Yeah. Until you come in Brenda's robe. <laughs> it's just a little like the, that perspective just doesn't exist in the movie. So we don't ever really get a good view of it. Right. I guess it's more, it, I it's mean more, it is a little bit more conflicting and it almost makes her just seem like an asshole as well. Right. Because she is like, I don't love you like that. And that is the stronger portion of the movie like that feels believable right but then there are these weird moments in the movie where she has her touch you know where they maybe play around or whatever and it seems more condescending and like kind of abusive on her end right where she knows that you know he's a simple man he's not a smart man he has very strong feelings for her very protective feelings for her and she's just gonna like fuck him and leave yeah like literally leave the next day and just getting petty revenge on Brenda just because Brenda's always like getting her robe wet and leaving it hanging on the bathroom she door. Left She's one like, milk carton in the corner. I'm going to lure for freshman year over to the dorm, have him jizz all up in her, her robe. Gross. <laughs> I mean, that's, the, I think to me, that's one of the biggest issues with this movie is that, that whole arc. Jenny's yeah. Their arc. whole relationship is, really handled poorly and I'm supposed to be really into it. And yeah, they gave me Haley Joel Osment, but at what cost? Another good bit is they'll like, he'll narrate something and then <laughs> someone will say something like, be like, Mama's having all kinds of visitors. And then she's like, we've had all kinds of visitors. <laughs> it's just really, they do that probably 10 times, but it's pretty good. It's yeah. a pretty good bit. 
I didn't get sick of it. I left. No, it, it is a it is a good bit, and yeah. it's one of the few times where I uh, like narration in my movies if it is going to play into. Yeah. Right. Have a back and forth. Yeah. Like that. Um, so yeah, I didn't get tired of that bit either. I also enjoyed said bit. <laughs> the other bit that is, I did not notice until this time was that every time there's a still photographer, there's a still photo of Forrest. He has his eyes closed. <laughs> so all like the ping pong, uh, things and there's a couple other ones like he's always got his eyes closed. yeah there was a picture of him like in fortune magazine with with lieutenant Dan, oh yeah yeah uh talking about <laughs> bubba gump company um so i've got one final thing yeah and then probably you know knowing my track record like a secret final thing <laughs> okay. I'll come okay. later um I think I've talked about this in another episode, but me and my brother have a term which we call play dialogue, which is like when dialogue is so ham fisted and stilted that you feel like it was intended for the theater. Yeah. Right. Uh, and that first scene is so excruciating when he does the gunpoint. Yeah. I lock your shoes. Um, and he says, I bet you could, you know, spend all day in those shoes and never hurt and, you know, not feel a thing. And she goes, my feet hurt, which is not how anyone would respond to anything <laughs> unless they were in an artistic play. Uh, and uh, then that whole thing. And then he's he has that sort of what I'd call a Dewey Cox moment where at the beginning of uh, Walk Hard, uh, Tim Meadows says, oh, don't bother Dewey right now. He has to think about his whole life. Uh, and, and Forrest's like, yeah, I remember when I got special shoes. It's just so ham-fisted and like, oh, it just sends chills down my spine. I hate it. All of that at the at the happens at the bus stop is the worst of the movie. Oh, yeah. Like, because the, it is almost like it's staged like a play. Yeah, and the like the last lady, the old lady that like... <laughs> decides to skip her bus because she's so interested in the story is she's terrible she and she's very much like community theater like oh oh havoc street that's <laughs> that's just down that's just two blocks of this away ah, it's, uh, why if whoever's using a cell phone in the theater right now would just close it on up we could go ahead and move three on three shakes of the lamb's ear did you say havoc street was I, the, the I name don't know. of the street i don't know why i went with havoc. what happened there well i'll tell you what it was chaos <laughs> back in 1906 sit down y'all uh put put the kettle on i'll sing you a yawn <laughs> Havoc Street. Havoc <laughs> Street. Just come up with a name. I don't know. That's all I can come up with. I'm sorry. I'm not good with names. Speaking you know, of names. Jenny Havoc? Speaking of names. Oh, yes. This was based on a novel by Winston Groom. <laughs> yes, it, it was. Do you think whoever was the first of his ancestors with that name was just like, I don't know, he's married. <laughs> More like that's all we got to go on. All right, Mr. That was Groom. His, his only discernible characteristic, <laughs> the ancestor of Winston Groom. His only discernible ca- characteristic What's was he that do? he was married what and he, a man. What did he do for a living? Is he a baker? Is he uh, someone's son? Uh, he was married. Anyway, nah, right. I'll write it down, but we'll probably fill it in later with something else. One more quick, quick thing. <laughs> I never realized how existential uh, long limbs Lenore gets, and the. 72 New Year's <laughs> Eve. She's like one of the, uh, are they prostitutes or are they just? I assume that they seems were like, prostitutes. It seems like they're prostitutes that, uh, they're sex workers that uh, Lieutenant Dan had hired before. Yeah. And so they're like, hey, you want to party again? And he's like, yes, yeah, so I've got my friend here. Um, but then they're like counting down to New Year's and one of them is like, it's a time to start over. You can always start over, or like something. And she's <laughs> right. like looking she like up. starts smiling, and then she's like, it looks like she's looking at her her doom. It's so weird. <laughs> All right, you want to go? Well, to that's the-, the movie. Fucking in a nutshell, pretty much. It's like I'm yeah. talking, joking, like, and now I'm really serious. 1972. Was she southern? That doesn't make any sense. I don't they think so. In- they were in New York. <laughs> she she was like fake New York. Like, oh, oh yeah, I'm God. talking to you like this, but like. Yeah, a little exaggerated. Uh, you want to go to the verdict? I do. I, uh, you couldn't keep me from the verdict. Okay.
for it. Connect four. Okay, I'm gonna say okay with with some major flaws. Your inner child is not an idiot. I still think this is an enjoyable movie. It's too long. We could have cut. I guess if I probably would have cut the running vignette because that was also my least favorite. Oh, uh, I forgot to mention that was my secret. That was my secret item. <laughs> the secret running vignette thing. is we could stupid. Well, it's just like uh, reading later that they're like potentially an explanation is that sometimes some people with autism maybe That's run also away. IMDb it's trivia. IMTB. I don't know. I haven't looked into that like actually being true or not. But uh, it was like okay, I guess. But it doesn't really make a ton of sense. Uh, she Jenny leaves him after they sleep together. And so he is traumatized and he's thinking about that and other things in his past. And he just decides to run and it's like, okay, whatever, but it doesn't really accomplish much. Yeah. It just seems like a filler part of the movie. Yeah. Uh, and it adds to the stupidest moments, which are the shit happens and have a nice day moments where it was just like, are you guys running out of events that happened in the seventies? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So like, really you couldn't, couldn't just have him like overthrow the Shah of Iran or something. Or, yeah, have him use up all the gas in America, and he causes the gas crisis. Um, other than that, I I do I did still like it. We we laughed quite a few times at times we were supposed to. Um, <laughs> mostly Tom Hanks yelling because that's always fucking gold. Yeah, Greenbow, Alabama. Uh, and he has a couple other lines where he yells i always yeah. like tommy Hanks yelling um <laughs> it's just, i don't know why it's just it makes me laugh. right um and there's a, a big flaw in jenny's arc i don't i see it more, more this time than i ever have before i've always been like jesus you know but seeing now like she just kind of doesn't really have a ton of agency and that's a common problem you know we've seen a lot um but it's still enjoyable i still like the parts that I've always liked for the most part. So, yeah, Your Inner Child's not an idiot. What you got? Uh, your Inner Child is an idiot. Whoa! Take it down that Oscar winner. <laughs> ah, the prize pelt of mine, an Oscar winner for 1994. <laughs> um, yeah, I, this, it's just the whole movie is centered around... Jenny and I almost did the voice again. Forrest and Jenny's relationship. My one deal was I didn't want to do the Forrest Gump voice, <laughs> and, I and just you kept doing. You it. did not. I've pretty much been method acting this whole <laughs> podcast. Anyway, go. Um, that whole arc is so just when it's not icky, it's ham fisted. It's just not an enjoyable story, and it's the main thrust of this whole thing. Yeah, <clears throat> it's not as. Uh, I mean, it is very boomery. But it's easy to say that now in 2019. Yeah, yeah. It's harder to say that. Like, why are you guys sticking your head up your ass back in 1994? Yeah. Like that. I mean, we're doing that right now, so I can't yeah. really hold it against them. Um, I didn't. That didn't bother me as much as I thought it was going to. Right. Rewatching uh, it. Him meeting everyone in Christ's creation was exhausting. I was surprised he wasn't like responsible for somehow like getting King John to sign the Magna Carta at some point <laughs> in the movie. Uh, it's just a fucking ridiculous premise. Like, I don't mind like maybe one or two times he met like four separate presidents. It's yeah. ludicrous. Yeah. Um, you know what else bothered me? Every time there was an assassination or an attempted political assassination, <laughs> they would have the TV on where people are reporting that the president has been either shot or shot at, and people are sitting by the TV not watching it. <laughs> it drove me insane. Uh, I don't care if you don't like the president or not. You will probably watch TV if the president's yeah. just been shot at. It's like the opposite of what usually happens, which like you turn on a TV and all of a sudden the news like starts right at the right. news you want to happen. News at 10. The yeah. president's been charged with stealing <laughs> children's dolls. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. What was it, was on, it happened on Havoc Street. You can't trust that street. Anything can happen. Don't go down there. <laughs> it's right in the name. <laughs> um, but uh, there are some enjoyable parts. I mean, it, there are funny parts. Uh, sometimes I laughed um, with the movie. Sometimes I felt like I was laughing at Forrest, which made me uncomfortable. Right. Um, Tom Hanks, for what it's worth, for such a vaguely archetypical character that doesn't seem to have like real grounding in my view he has some really great moments particularly the moments with forrest jr yeah um very sweet which like he gets really uh when he finds out that forrest is his son 
he like gets he's t- taken aback and he starts getting really like he starts freaking out in a very like real it reminded me kind of at the end of captain phillips Did yeah you ever see captain yeah phillips? um it makes you emotional it was just like watching oh my God. him be emotional <laughs> yeah um and and you're like oh yeah you know what i tom hanks is a good actor yeah <laughs> uh which was a kind of a revelation in 1994 I'm like the guy from the burbs um but yeah he has some great moments um that did affect me yeah but i the the whole movie just seems overwrought i guess and kind of exhausting and eventually near the end like we said with the running it feels like filler so i'm gonna say your inner child uh is an idiot wow high bar wow 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 even an oscar won't stop what i'm trying to say is we need to take tom hanks's oscar back good luck shakespeare in love (laughs) i bet that one won't even hold up to your highness oh yeah that oh, and, magic. And in 20 movie. years when we're ready to do Green Book for all the kids <laughs> who are like, what's this movie I'm about? ready to do that right. I haven't seen that yet. I'm ready to do it right now. Your inner now <laughs> is an idiot. What do you think, everybody? Email us, yourinnerchildisanidiot at gmail.com. You can call and leave us a message, 615-576-0525. Tell us what else you want us to watch. Uh, give us your uh, thoughts and opinions. Leave a message. Play it on the show. Oh, and imagine, remember when he fucking came up with the lyrics to imagine inadvertently? Oh, oh we have to talk oh. about that. Okay, so that was one thing Larissa said. Uh, she Fan mentioned, of the show. Patron of the show. Yes. Uh, she mentioned that he had an a- American accent. What he had was not an American accent. He had a extremely lazy, bad John Lennon liver puddling action. I wish they had accent. actually gotten Wacko Warner to come in and do John Lennon's voice. That was really, I've never noticed how bad that was. I remember the first time I saw it, I didn't know the lyrics to Imagine. So I was like, what? Right. I don't understand. And it's it's sort of made as like a joke, like John Lennon's being annoying because he keeps interrupting. And that Forrest Gump keeps looking at him like, what? Uh, I didn't understand what the, the joke was at the time. And now I do. And it's very bad. And the accent is very bad. And then we've got the mouth, weird mouth thing that's also the weird really mouth weird. Thing. And also, um, again, I mean, the same sort of factor is that they had to take whatever they had f- of John Lennon from the Dick Cavett show. Right. Yeah. And so his head is just like moving in unnatural ways. He looks like he's not listening. And then only when he needs to talk, like his head turns and he has, oh, no religion too. Um, it's, oh, it's so ham-fisted and completely unnecessary. Yeah. And Dick Cavett, I think, came back and they put a wig on him for the scene. Did they? I think that's I think that's 1994 Dick Cavett wearing a 1970s Dick Cavett wig, refilming his own goddamn show. That's oh, it's a mess. I like Dick, Dick Cavett. No, Dick Cavett's great. He's a national treasure. Oh, I want to talk about the soundtrack real quick. There's a huge amount of songs in this. It movie. felt like there were songs on songs on songs. And they're be- all from, you know, they're either just indicative of the era wherever or area wherever they are, or they're like literally explaining what's happening. <laughs> yeah. Like there's a bunch of songs about running, running on empty mm-hmm. when he's running. And there's like a, don't you love her when she's walking out the door when she's literally walking out the door. door. But this was, I have to say, this was actually a very important movie to me, and I kind of am surprised that I forgot about it. Um, <laughs> like, this was, like, the first time I ever, like, heard Leonard Skinnerd right. in real life. And they were a huge band for me when I first learned how to play guitar and started playing guitar. It was, like, Skinnerd and Led Zeppelin and Eric Clapton were, like, that was pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Uh and Steve Rayvon, and there's like that. There's like Jimi Hendrix in this, and some CCR. They were big too. There's like a lot of that classic rock shit, which was my <laughs> shit. Right. Did there that, is a lot of, that. and I remember the soundtrack kind of being a big deal to other was, kids in my yeah. class. And not, I listened not for you. I well, I listened to a lot of oldies, so I recognized a lot of the songs yeah. already. Like I was a not very cool kid. May surprise you. <laughs> and I listened to the oldies station for most of my like tween age and early teenage yeah. life so i was like yeah ccr guys come on where have you been <laughs> uh but i think especially in the vietnam segment of the movie it started to become like obnoxious like they would cut from one song yeah. 
right into another song. I'm like, guys, take a moment. <laughs> Can I just have a moment with my own thoughts for five seconds? Uh, it just became, it it's, almost became a parody of this type of movie that's so soundtrack heavy. Well, it's almost like they had agreed to a certain number of songs. And like, that's, they were like, well, I Even mean, though that makes sense in Batman and Robin, but do I really need I know, to be I introduced to Leonard Skinner? Yeah, again? I don't think they really did, but it, that's the way it played. Where yeah. it was like, it was like we're halfway through the chorus of one song, and, <laughs> but we switch camera angles so that all of a sudden we've got a new song. Yeah. We're like, what? It was a little bit distracting, more than I had realized other times I watched it. But I kind of forgot this was a huge soundtrack. It was a huge soundtrack. Yeah, literally in sales and <laughs> just tracks. Yeah. Uh, you can find us on all the social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, we want to thank our WhatsApp. We can. <laughs> we want to thank our patrons, including Jacob Grimm, Corey Cummings, Brandon Hardy, Christine in Brooklyn, His Honor the Mayor, Jeremy Pallon, Joshua Nicholson, Karen Kurd, Larissa Maestro, the aforementioned Larissa mm-hmm. Maestro, Dan McIntyre, Ghosts in the Burbs, and Jonathan Day. Thank you guys very much. And to our other patrons, if you want to become a patron like them, patreon.com slash your inner child is an idiot. You help us uh, keep making the show. Otherwise, we'd be destitute. We'd like pull out our pockets and just moths would fly. I mean, I out. am wearing just a barrel right now, but that's yeah. pretty standard. <laughs> that's, yeah. I mean, that's it's just my thing. We're, we're doing the barrel thing. It's a Wednesday. Um, thank you so much for listening. 